Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Thanks for joining us today. Um, and uh, it's, um, it's good to be in this place this morning. You know, um, it's a great way to start our new week. And uh, especially as we, uh, you know, we're all ready for the sunshine later and the, right, you know. But as my dad would always say, well, it could be snow, right? And so we're grateful that it's not. Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever snow again around here, but we'll see. It's something we can pray for for a white Christmas, right? But uh, anyway, it's good to be here because we get to worship God together. And uh, we wor- uh, praise the Lord. We worship God in many ways. And, um, you know, we worship God through song. We'll do that in just a moment while we'll stand and sing songs of praise to our God. We worship the Lord through um, the reading and hearing of his word. And I'll read from the scriptures in just a moment as well. Uh, and, you know, and we worship God through prayer, we pray together, worship God through fellowship, and we have uh, lots of opportunities to do that. And, of course, you know, the, the, um, the, the excitement of Christmas is continuing to, to build and to swell, and it's a special time of year. Um, but yet we can thank God for Jesus' birth every day of the year. Amen? Every day of the year. And his birth was foretold, of course, by uh, the prophets, and it was foretold that we would have a Savior for us, born to us, to be with us forever. Isaiah 7, uh, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, for behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us, a Savior born to us and for us and to be with us forever. 
Behold is a word that is in our current sermon series for December. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, as the angel proclaimed to the shepherds. And Christmas is a time for beholding. Beholding means to look intently, to look with our eyes, the eyes of our heart, intently upon Jesus, looking at Christ anew this Christmas season and the miracle of his birth to help us to renew our wonder and awe, which can so easily be jaded by the things of this world, if we're honest. But we are to behold Jesus, to look at him, and to look at him anew this season, just as the shepherds did. The angel proclaimed, behold, I have good news of great joy. The shepherds went to see. They went to see what they had been told. Then the Magi came to worship him later, bringing him offerings. And that's what we do right now. We offer ourselves to God. We bring offerings of worship to our Lord. We bring our offerings to the feet of Jesus, not a baby in a manger, but a risen Savior, our great high priest, our coming king, who sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We bow down to him, and we look up. We look up, and we behold him. It says in Psalm 27, Psalm 27, verses 1 to 4, consider what it says as we behold him. Would you stand with me, please, as I read from Psalm 27, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. For one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Church, let us behold the beauty of the Lord and worship him together. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the privilege and opportunity now to worship. To worship the word, Jesus, the living word. To worship him now before his matchless and mighty throne of grace. Thank you that we can approach you, the God of heaven, the God and creator of all things, that we can come before you and let it be known how much we worship and adore you. And as we behold the risen Jesus, our beautiful Savior. We pray that you would get all the glory, for we know that all of this is only possible because of him. And so we honor you now. We offer ourselves up in worship to you. We do so in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Church, let us worship the Lord Jesus together. Before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him He who heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child he became like the least of us Behold him Jesus, Son of God, Messiah The Lamb, the roaring light Oh, be still
risen, he is risen, he's alive. Well, let's pray. Father, how glorious it is that we can worship that name of Jesus here together this morning. Yes, Father, we celebrate um, the birth of our Savior, especially this time of year, but Father God, it reminds us the power of his life, the fact that he was born for us, but that yet he no longer remains in that grave or on that cross, but he is alive because he is risen indeed, and so yet we can celebrate that as well, always. So we give you thanks and all the praise and all the glory. You deserve all that worship and so much more. We give it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Would you say good morning to somebody next to you in the name of the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah.
How did you know that it was time to get started? Everybody just quiet down. That's great. Yeah, well, again, thanks so much for joining us. If you walked in during worship, praise the Lord that we could worship together. That's awesome that we can sing songs of praise to our God. And so uh, as we have been announcing, uh, we've been anticipating that our Trinity Kids ministry, which uh, we love so much, has uh, once again uh, blessed us with the opportunity to just hear from them, to hear more about the Christmas story through the story and song and skit. And so uh, just wanted to thank you all again for joining us, and uh, we will turn it over to them. And so we praise God for the Trinity Kids Christmas program. Amen? Amen. Good evening. Tonight we have a special episode of Believe It or Not, in which several of our past guests will try to outdo one another strange and hard to believe facts. Each of our guests will share his or her most bizarre facts until we're left with only one winner who has given the details of an event that is the hardest to believe. So let's get started with our guests right now. Contestant number one. Your body is creating and killing 15 million red blood cells per second. During your lifetime, you'll eat 60,000 pounds. That's about the weight of six elephants. Contestant number three. The world's oldest piece of chewing gum over. Contestant number four. A sneeze shall inside your mouth at over 100 miles per hour. Oh, wasn't that exciting? We've made it through one round and still have all of our four contestants doing fine. Are you ready for more? Contestant number one. A man named Charles Osborne had the hiccups for 69 years. Contestant number two. Contestant number three. The long. Contestant number four. Windmills always turn counterclockwise, except for the windmills in Ireland. Can you believe all these facts they're coming up with? Let's try another round. Contestant number one. The placement of a donkey's eyes in his head enables it to see all four feet at all times. Most lipstick contains fish scales. Contestant number three. It's against the law to enter 
Las Vegas. Contestant number four. Sorry, I just can't think of any more. Oh, so sorry. Thank you for playing, believe it or not. Now we are down. Now we are down to three contestants. Let's see what they have for us next. Contestant number one. There are more plastic flamingos in the U.S. than real ones. Contestant number two. We've up to three years without eating. Contestant number three. Slugs have four noses. Contestant number one. A hardworking adult sweats up to four gallons per day. Contestant number two. I can't think it anymore. It's getting really tough now. Let's get back to our strange and hard to believe facts. Contestant number three. Only female. Contestant number one. By, by raising your legs slowly and lying on your back, you can't sink in quicksand. Contestant number three. Do you refrigerators to keep their food? Contestant number one. Termites eat wood twice as fast when listening to heavy metal music. How much longer can these contestants make it? Let's listen. Testing number three. A baked made. All right, contestant number one. Do you have another fact? Thinking. Five seconds, do you have anything? A thousand years ago, a woman who was virgin had a baby. This baby was God's son who loved for each woman. He later was crucified. For life, believe in him, he too can have lasting life. Contestant number three, do you have anything? Well, folks, you heard it from here. That's right. Woman, baby, stable, God's son, came back from the dead, and so on. So it's up to you to believe it or not.
To us a child is born.
to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields, nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And now you get to hear me talk. <laughs> oh, man, just what you always wanted. Well, of course, we want to give them one more round of applause. I know, just praise the Lord. They're awesome. We uh, are so, uh, just so blessed and uh, thankful and so glad that all of you could be here to, uh, to witness that and enjoy that. And uh, joy is a big part of the Christmas season, isn't it? And so as we talk a little bit more in the rest of our time this morning about bringing good news of great joy, I trust that you have been filled with joy and many blessings already. And uh, I know they all went down the, the hall to have their party and their time, but we just want to uh, thank uh, um, Alyssa and Angela and all those that work with the kids and help to put the program together. So make sure after service, as you enjoy some fellowship, that you just um, take a moment to say congratulations to the kids and uh, thank you to their teachers and their leaders, right? And uh, as uh, Alyssa said, we always are looking for more volunteers, and this is a great plug for that. We designed all this just to get more teachers, right? That was the whole idea. <laughs> and now, of course, how could you say no if we approach you, right? How could you say no to the kids? They did a wonderful job, and it was, uh, it was awesome, and so we, we thank God for them. Um, and so just want to uh, mention a couple of things. So, of course, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. This year it falls on a Sunday. So we'll have one service uh, next Sunday, our normal 10.30 a.m. service. That will be our Christmas celebration service and a wonderful opportunity to invite family and friends, people that you've been 
sharing your faith with, maybe your neighbors or your coworkers to come on out to church. We'll have um, uh, special music, extra music uh, that next Sunday, and we'll finish up on our series about Behold, Bring Good News of Great Joy as we talk about the, the Magi and, and their part in it, just a, a really special and uh, well-known part of the Christmas story. And so come and join us next Sunday morning, uh, which is Christmas Eve at our 1030 service, right? And we'll get to wish everybody together a Merry Christmas. Uh, whoops, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Um, and so we, uh, we continue in our series. And again, next week I said we'll finish up, but we took a break from Matthew, and um, we are, uh, we're looking at a Christmas story, but in the context of how it is we are to share that story with others. As a, a reminder, we have our newest resource in our discipleship pathway, and this will be made uh, available to you right after the New Year's, the beginning of January, and it's simply called Tell Your Story, Tell The Story. We're reading a little bit from it uh, a little bit later, and it is a great resource that teaches us and guides us on our path of being disciples, followers of Jesus, on how to evangelize, how to share your testimony, how to tell others about what Jesus has done for you, how you came to faith and belief in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, uh, and of course, combined with that is not only do we learn how to tell your story, but tell the story. And how is it that we can tell others the good news of the gospel, that good news of great joy, as we tell our story? Because they are, of course, linked right, inseparably linked, that we share the good news as we tell others about um, the effect that that good news has had on us. And um, so today we will look at how God used the shepherds to bring that good news of great joy. So we already looked at the prophets and how the prophets of old in the Old Testament foretold of the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus. And then last week we looked at the angels and how God supernaturally use these supernatural beings that he created, the angels, to bring that good news of great joy to the shepherds and then, of course, to the world. And we are reminded that our story truly is a miracle. As we talk of supernatural things, that our salvation is a miracle of God because how he, um, how he accomplished that through his son, Jesus Christ. As we sang earlier today in our our worship time together, that he is risen, right? We celebrate his birth, but he came to die, but that he is no longer in the grave or on the cross, but he is alive. And so all of that becomes part of us telling the good news. And so today, we will look at the story of the shepherds. I want to reread a portion of what was just read to you by the children um, from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. It's up on the screen, and you can, of course, follow along in your Bibles. It is the gospel, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. It'll stay up there for you. And um, Luke, chapter 2, is probably the most um, you know, well-known um, portion of Scripture that talks about the, what we call the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. And here's what it says in Luke 2, 15 to 20, specifically about the shepherds and what they did after they heard this good news of great joy from the angel. 
So it says, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as been told them. So again, actually, this is a great um, portion of Scripture, of the Christmas story, to remind us of what it means for us to tell others about Jesus as we perhaps share with them this time of year, especially the Christmas story. We are to take with us that great joy, the great joy and excitement and wonder and awe that the shepherds experienced and felt, and how it moved them to actually go and see the evidence of what they have been told by the angel. And then they took it with them. They went and shared it with Mary and Joseph and all the others that were there. Scripture says there was other people there. And then they took it and it says they went all about glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. Church, is just a simple reminder this morning. Is that what we do? Do we go and tell others the amazing grace the amazing story of Jesus and how our simple belief in him has changed our lives forever. Because scripture makes it clear in so many places, actually over 150 times in the New Testament alone, that salvation being saved from the penalty of our sin before God, that is our position before him, separated from God because of sin, that very simply by believing it says, Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. Believing that he is who he says he is, the very Son of God, and that he did what he said he was going to do, die on the cross and come back to life, and that he did that for us, that we simply believe. So there was great joy and excitement with the shepherds, right? And it was contagious, and they said to each other after that, right? They said, let's go see. Let's go see what we have been told. And so they made their way to find the baby Jesus. So it says in verse 16, they came in a hurry. Of course they were hurried, right? Why wouldn't they want to go tell others? It, it, it reminds us too, like, do we have that excitement? Do we, do we find that we have um, this sense of urgency, even in that excitement, to tell others about Jesus? So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph. Notice that the angel as far as we know, didn't give them directions or any more specifics, but yet they knew where to find the baby Jesus. More of, on that in a minute. And of course, as he lay in the manger. But when they had seen it, they made known the statement. See, there it is. They told others. They told Mary and Joseph and the others who were there and all who heard it wondered at these things that were told them by the shepherds. You know, it is so easy 
in, in our world, especially today, to be jaded by um, so many things in life, to allow the wonder and awe, not only of Christmas and the Christmas story, but of our faith in Jesus, the miracle of birth, the Lord Jesus, Messiah, that we can just forget about how special, how unique it is. But also then I think that leads to us forgetting about how unique and special we are to God and to his plan for bringing that good news of great joy to all the world. You know, I mentioned this last week, and I I think it's worth repeating, that did you know, or perhaps we need to be reminded, that the church, which is not a building, it's the people, that we, all believers, true believers in Jesus Christ, everywhere throughout the world, we are God's plan for bringing that good news to a lost and hopeless world. That he chooses to use us. I mean, that is a miracle. And so that means each and every one of us. I mean, as you look around the room, we look different. We, we act differently. We come from different backgrounds in every way. And of course, we just multiply that throughout the world. And yet, we realize that God has the good news of great joy. That same message, that same mission for each and every one of us. And he chooses to use us. These shepherds, they had to go and see. But let's stop here for one second. Why the shepherds? Of all people, why was the message that the angel brought about good news, why was it not brought to the priests or to the Pharisees or to the leaders of the day? Why not directly to Mary and Joseph? God chose the shepherds for two reasons, I think, maybe more, but two I want to highlight today. First, we often hear them called in Christmas stories and songs, the lowly shepherds. Yes, at that time, shepherds were marginalized. They were a marginalized people. They were looked down on by most. They lived outside. They worked with dirty sheep. You know that we are called sheep? Just in the Bible, we are. <laughs> but this is who God chose to be the first evangelists of this good news. A group of men who were part of a larger group, shepherds, who were looked down upon by most. They weren't given the time of day. They were sort of on the lower rung of the classes of society. And why is that an important thing to remember? Because it reminds us that God uses all of us. That we have no excuse. We can't say to God, God, I'm nobody. I I don't have a voice. Remember Moses said that. I can't talk. God, who am I? Right? The prophets often said that when God called them, who am I, you know, to to bring this amazing news? And so we see God chooses the shepherds of all people to bring that good news. And then he sends them out and they go with great excitement. You know, not caring that, well, we're just shepherds, nobody will believe us. They, they just saw the angel of God. God revealed himself and his message to them through the angel and the angel's words. And they went. Church, God has revealed himself to each and every one of you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, God used other people in your life to tell you about Jesus. Maybe when you were a kid, it was your parents Maybe it was a best friend like it was for me. I shared part of that story. Maybe it was your college roommate. 
somebody at work, but God used someone and, and many others to tell you about Jesus and your position before God and your need for a Savior. God here chooses the shepherds to go and to tell. What a great reminder to us that God wants to use us as part of his story. To tell our story and to tell his story. So don't ever sell yourself short. Remember that your story is a miracle, that you are a miracle of God. And yes, God wants to use you. No matter what your testimony, no matter how it is that God brought you to the Lord, God wants to use you, just like he used the shepherd. Let us be encouraged by that this morning. Because of course, you know, we all have fears, right? We have fear that people will reject us. We won't know the right thing to say, that we're going to mess it up. We all, of course, have these, these fears. We might feel awkward and want people to think we're crazy Jesus people and all that, right? Of course. But we simply tell others what God has done in our life through Jesus Christ, and we share the simple gospel with them, who Jesus is and what he did, and that he did that for you. So God chose the shepherds, but secondly, let us consider this, that these shepherds were not just any old shepherds in any part of the land. It tells us that these were shepherds who were nearby Jerusalem. And so most likely, these shepherds were part of, maybe not priests, but part of the, the temple workers. Those who were out in the fields raising and tending their sheep. It says watching over their sheep and their flocks by night, watching them, protecting them from enemies as the shepherd does. But they were raising sheep, and this is important, raising sheep for temple sacrifices. Raising sheep who were born and cared for for one particular purpose, and that was to be used in the temple sacrificial system that still existed at that time. That time in history, right, and into the nation of Israel and all that God had given them in the Old Testament and in the laws and in their system for the, re, uh, the forgiveness of sins, that these sheep that these shepherds were tending and watching over, they were being raised for temple sacrifice to be given over. Consider that. that. That when they were born, when the sheep were born, they were set aside to make sure that they were without blemish so that, according to the law, they could be used in the temple for worship, for sacrifice. And baby sheep, when they were born, would have been wrapped in swaddling clothes. These swaddling clothes, it was not just like, you know, some sheet. These were specific, like, cloth wraps that were used to keep the sheep secure and safe so that it also would not escape. They were restrained in a way, like you might do with a, a very young infant, so they don't scratch themselves and hurt themselves, so they can be protected. But also these sheep were wrapped in swaddling clothes so that they could be examined to make sure that they were without blemish. So the word says in the Christmas story that the shepherds would find him because he was going to be wrapped in swaddling cloth. Just like the sheep who would one day be used for sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. But it also says 
that he would be found in a manger. Now, of course, through tradition, right, through movies and stories and songs and, we, and pictures, we have an idea of what we think the manger would look like, this beautiful you know, thing made out of wood and filled with hay. And, but most likely, we understand from the, the Old Testament, from the Jewish traditions, and what we see in archaeological finds that this manger, really the exact um, uh, translation is a feeding trough, you know where the animals would feed from, it was carved out of stone. And like a big block of stone would have been carved out and the sheep would have been put in there, wrapped in the swaddling clothes. And so, and so these shepherds, it says they hurried and they went and they found exactly what they were looking for. See, these shepherds who were raising these sheep for a particular purpose would have known where to go, where the, the, the newborn sheep would have been placed. So they knew they were looking for a newborn baby wrapped in those swaddling cloths in a feeding trough, a manger, carved out of stone. He was a savior, but born to die, who would one day proclaim himself to be the good shepherd. The shepherds went to find this baby, and here is Jesus, born, wrapped in the swaddling clothes, among other shepherds, later to be self-proclaimed as the good shepherd who knows his sheep, who would one day, church, lay down his own life voluntarily for his sheep. Listen to some of these readings from John chapter 10. It says this, He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus, he's talking about himself as the good shepherd. Elsewhere it says in John 10, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Elsewhere, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Church, how well do we know this Jesus of whom we speak? Do we tell others that he was a good teacher, a rabbi, he loved peace, do we tell them that he was born to die for us? And finally it says, John 10, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Hallelujah for that. And there will be one flock, one shepherd, for this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. We sang that he is alive, right? No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. See, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. But we consider that, as he says that at the end of his earthly life, 
how he was born, born among the other sheep, among the shepherds, wrapped in swaddling clothes in a feeding trough. He began his life in a little indentation carved out in stone. He ended his earthly life, laid down dead behind a large stone. These shepherds, they knew where to go. They knew where to go and where to find him and where to find him wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. This is the story we tell, the gospel that Jesus was born for us, Emmanuel, God with us, he is for us, and that he rose again to life and defeated death. See, all along, his enemy, our enemy, Satan, has been trying to prevent this glorious, miraculous birth or to kill him once he died. Our Savior wants no salvation or glory for God. This is the story we tell. In fact, from our book, our guide on Tell Your Story, Tell The Story, listen to this. It just simply talks about, uh, in chapter 4, six essentials of the gospel that we share. Listen to these just briefly in light of the story we are telling, the story of the shepherds going to proclaim the good news. So these six things, when we tell others the good news of the gospel, we talk about Jesus as the Son of God. It's important we, we are to tell people who, God, who Jesus truly is. He is the Son of God. It is his identity as God himself. Second, that Jesus' death on the cross was a payment for sin, that he took our place as a substitute, and he perfectly satisfied the wrath of God as the perfect and unblemished Lamb of God. Three, we also include in our telling of the gospel story Jesus' resurrection from the dead because he conquered death. Hallelujah. Number four, we talk about our sinfulness. We're all sinners and in need of a Savior and salvation, all separated from God and fall short of his glory. Therefore, we are all in need of a Savior. Five, we proclaim and tell others about faith in Jesus Christ. This Jesus we've just described is the only condition for salvation, your personal trust in Jesus. And finally, we share God's promise to save us as a free gift of his grace, that we can do nothing to earn it because we do not deserve it. It is all because of amazing grace and that God has done it all for us. Amen? He has chosen you and me to share this amazing story, this good news of great joy, just like he chose the shepherds to do. It's all about Jesus. As we like to say, he's the reason for the season, right? When telling others your story, how do you talk about Jesus? Remember, our story of faith, our testimony, it really isn't just about us. God will use that powerful story and that testimony, but it's all about Jesus. He is the good shepherd. Why is he good? It's good news of great joy, as we just shared the essential gospel elements. The shepherds told Mary and Joseph what they had seen. We are to tell others what brought us to Jesus, what opened our eyes and how we simply believed 
in him for salvation. We are to keep our eyes on Jesus, not only during Christmas season, but always. I think it helps to alleviate our fears when sharing the fact that we just keep our eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about getting it all theologically right, exact, at the first moment. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. When people ask you, yeah, what about the dinosaurs? What about aliens, right? What about the flood? We can talk about those things, and they have their place. Bring your conversation to Jesus, because he is the difference maker. He is the only one born, born to die, that perfect and spotless lamb of God, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. What do we tell people about Jesus? Yes, he was a good teacher. He was a rabbi. He preached peace, and he wants us to be happy, and Yes, have a good life, but all in him. But our story and his story is one of salvation and rescue. Jesus is Savior. What does it say in our story for today? And we heard it uh, proclaimed by the kids earlier that this day in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That very simple but powerful sentence calls Jesus Savior, Christ, and Lord. He's Savior because he saves us from our sin. He is Christ, which means Messiah, the anointed one, the anointed king that they had been waiting for. And he is Lord, which means he is sovereign, and he is God himself. Church, will you stand with me, please, as we close our time together by singing the first Noel. We sing of God's goodness and grace, and we are reminded of what God did over 2,000 years ago now. But remember, he did promise, Jesus did, that he would return. So we wait and we sing and we tell others about him until he comes back for us or calls us home, amen? Let's conclude our blessed time together this morning by singing.
Oh, Father God, we give you glory. We love to sing these songs, the rich tradition of church that remind us so very powerfully that good news of great joy and what happened on that night so long ago. Father God, as we leave this place, may we be encouraged. May we continue to be blessed and to share blessings, to tell others our story of faith in you and to tell others the good news of great joy, that story of the gospel, the gospel of grace, the one that the shepherds could not wait to share with great awe and wonder and excitement. God, may we not lose that this Christmas season, especially this final week, Lord God, in our preparations with family and friends and our gatherings. God, may we share it in our words and live it out through our actions and our lives so that you would get all of the glory. Go before us now through your spirit. Prepare the way. Provide those divine appointments that we may tell others the good news that Jesus Christ is born. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us this morning.
Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubters. 